the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back as we head into Hour 2. It is a delight to bring back to the show my good friend, our good friend, Brandon Weikert. Another Brandon. Brandon, much in the, the, I mean Brandon, much in the news today. Brandon Weikert, however, is um, not the one we were talking about earlier. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it with him, though. They're, they're, they're misusing his name. He is instead the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, Iran's Quest for Supremacy. He has a new book on China that he's just finishing and will be coming out next year. He's a columnist at The Washington Times, The Asia Times, American Greatness, and a regular contributor here. Brandon, welcome to the show again. For having me, it's such a such a joy to be back with you. Uh, uh, we uh, we seem to keep meeting on these very big news days. This is a big news day. I'll let you rattle what's uh, rattling uh, you you uh, today in a moment. But did you see this story? Just your name being Brandon. Did you see the story? <laughs> the White House is now embracing the notion of a quote dark Brandon. Have you seen yeah. this? It's the oddest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. White House communications officials are now embracing the Brandon name, except they're calling Joe Biden Dark Brandon, like the Dark Knight, I guess, and giving him laser eyes and mm-hmm. saying it's enough mal- malarkey, like that's really going to put yeah. the fear. It, weird, weird times, Mr. Weikert. Yeah, it, it's weird. Um, and it's kind of scary because, you know, the Democrats are totalitarians at heart. And so maybe they're trying to tell us something they did just push through or they're pushing through this environmental bill of theirs. They're pushing through the Inflation Reduction Act, which, of course, has nothing to do with reducing inflation. Uh, and so, um, you know, maybe they're letting us know that the the evil one is coming out to play. Um, it, it's odd as hell. It's just unfortunate they're using my name, but then again, any press is good press, I guess. <laughs> What's the big news today that's rattling you, buddy? Well, it's the whole Inflation Reduction Act yep. and, and sort of the ongoing crisis with China and and just, you know, marveling at how there's clearly a divide within the Democratic Party between Nancy Pelosi and the Biden administration over the issue of Taiwan. Because, yep. you know, all week, the last week, we've heard from the Biden administration saying we don't support an independent Taiwan. Yep. And there's their own Democratic Speaker of the House gallivanting around uh, in the Indo-Pacific saying we do, in fact, support an independent Taiwan. So if I was America's friends and enemies, I would be very confused because this isn't just Republicans challenging Democrats. This is Democrats challenging each other. So I don't know what the heck to think. You know, I was saying in the previous hour, I wonder what your take on this is. It's not a hugely deep insight, but I was just saying, you know, there's a standard phrase that our enemies are laughing at us. Russia and China would look at us and laugh at us, and I'm sure they are. But what worries me is once they're done laughing and they get rid of the hiccups, what are they going to do about it? Because we're serving it up to them to do an awful lot, aren't we, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, I just last night recorded a podcast with my dear friend Jacek Bartosiak in Poland. He is one of the most listened to political podcasts in the country. 
Um, and we, it was a very heavy subject. It was on um, the next world war. And at, we, before the show, before the recording started, he looked at me over the Zoom and he said, what is going on in America? Yeah. I go, what do you mean, Yasek? He goes, from my apartment window, I see tanks being loaded onto trains, being shipped a few hundred miles to the southeast to, to Ukraine. I, you know, I see the war every day. Do you understand, you Americans, that the, the, they're going through Ukraine and Eastern Europe to better threaten you in America? It, to, they're going through us to get to you. What are you Americans doing? And I said, we're debating our pronouns. Uh, That's right. That's right. You know, it's, it's a very scary thing. So, yes, our enemies are laughing. Our enemies are moving right now, coordinated, by the way. They are coordinating. This is not China operating on their own, Russia operating on their own. And I kept telling him yesterday, I said, I know Poland's looking a lot at Russia and also at China, the great power threat, but they need to also be looking at Iran because I have a feeling that China and Russia are ping-ponging America's ailing military power. And in that morass, they're going to encourage their friends in Iran to be the clincher, to sort of start a crisis, and you're already seeing it starting to happen in the Middle East over the last few weeks, start a crisis as Russia's going on in Ukraine, as China's getting ready to go in Taiwan, and now you've got three major fronts, and there's no way the U.S. military can handle those three things at once. It's going to break us. And that, my friend, is where we're headed, I feel. World War III, it's happening, it's coming around the corner, and America's the weakest it's been. Our enemies are not just laughing at us, they're getting ready to knock us out. Brandon, that's 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 well said, and and it it takes me to another another concern. It's the business you've chosen, if I can if I can attribute <laughs> the Godfather movie line to you. It's the business you've chosen, but it's I think something I discovered about fifteen twenty years ago. You're you're a prolific author. You write primarily in the fields of foreign policy. Americans don't buy foreign policy books as much as they buy other kinds of books, no. which is to say they're not as concerned and they don't think about foreign policy as much as they think about other things. And I get it. And there's reasons for it and justifications and non-justifications, things that I would argue about America's attention on these things for. But a lot of this is going on and most people have no idea, right? I mean, we are right. distracted by a lot of things right well, now. Well, it, it is just like the build up to World War Two. Yep. And I'm here to tell the audience that the longer we ignore this issue, it's not going away. And, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of people on our side and when I say our side, I don't mean the Republican Party. I mean the Trump side of the Republican Party who are not only saying Ukraine doesn't matter, they're also saying who cares about Taiwan. And in the particular case of Taiwan, I understand the argument about Ukraine to an extent. It is a kleptocratic regime. There have been a lot of problems. But ultimately, Taiwan is a direct link to the Pacific sea lanes that lead directly to Hawaii, to Alaska, and to the west coast of the United States. And if we lose Taiwan as a buffer against Chinese expansionism, as John Mearsheimer has argued for the last 15 years, China's going to take Taiwan and they're not going to stop there. They're going to keep pushing out until they're in our hemisphere, 
challenging and threatening us, not just economically, uh, for trade linkages with Latin America, but they're going to be trying to build military bases in the Caribbean. They already are, by the way. They're going to be trying to build military bases in Latin America, in Mexico, possibly interlinks with Canada. And, and if we let Taiwan fall, and I think we might, if we let them fall soon, our allies are going to be looking around the world and saying, America can't be trusted. And meanwhile, a lot of people, not just in America, but specifically on our side of the political spectrum, seem to be ambivalent about the fate of Taiwan. And I'm here to tell you that if we are going to let Taiwan fall, the entire American position in the world system completely collapses. And then the nightmare scenario of the enemies being at the gates, truly at the gates. This is not figurative speech you can speak anymore. This is the enemies truly moving in the next decade to our part of the world, violating the Monroe Doctrine, and they're not going to leave us alone. They're going to seek to, uh, to revenge, avenge themselves upon us by doing to us that which they think, and we haven't, but that which they think we've been doing to them for the last century with Taiwan and in, in Asia. And it's a nightmare scenario. So if we let Taiwan fall, Seth, if we let it go, it's not going to end the threat. It's, China won't be sated. They're just going to take that, build a buffer for themselves, build a sphere of influence, empower themselves in that sphere, and then push into our realm. And that is why Taiwan is so essential, and we cannot let it fall. There's a Yeah, there's a lot in that what you just said. I agree with every everything that you did say, and I want to pursue it on the other side of this break because there are two things that I want to, I want to examine just a little more deeply. One is, isn't it fair, you can answer on the other side of the break if it, it, because we're sure. hitting up against it, but isn't it fair to say that our concern about Ukraine, our concern about Taiwan, it's not really in and of itself about Ukraine or Taiwan. It's about Russia and China. Danzig right. in 1939, we didn't give a damn about Poland. It was about Germany. Right. That's that's the point I want to make. And there is the second part of it, a little, little, little bit more of a touchy issue. You're right. There is an element in our movement that seems to conflate concern about what we're doing with Ukraine and the need to praise Putin and Russia. That's an odd thing. You can be opposed to our efforts in Ukraine, but it does not require you to put in a good word for Vladimir Putin. I'd like your reaction to both of those when we come back, Brandon. I'm Seth Leibson. He's Brandon J. Weikert. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest, columnist for American Greatness, the Asian Times, Washington Times, author of Winning Space, The Shadow War, and a book coming out next year, Biohacked, on China's race to control life. Brandon, right before the break, we were talking about uh, two, two, two concepts I think it's important to keep right. in mind. First is, yeah, it's not really about Ukraine any more than it's really about Taiwan. I mean, in a, in a good way, in a good, better world, it would be. But the truth is, it's about thwarting Russia and stopping China. That's what it's about. That's right. That's right. It's, it's, again, it's, and then this is what I said to, to my friend Yasek on his podcast, uh, which will air in the next couple of weeks on, on his YouTube channel, Strategy and Future. But what I was saying is that the problem is, is that American leaders, not just Americans, and this is, you know, understandably, Americans are blessed. We don't have to worry about geopolitics the way other parts of the world do. But our leaders should have a rudimentary, at least, understanding of this, and they don't. And they don't know how to explain it 
in a way to people, to voters, that they would go, oh, that makes sense. Um, and so you're right. Uh, Taiwan, Japan, Philippines, not about those countries necessarily. It's about China. And it's about what China's going to do to those countries in order to get closer to us, to threaten us more directly. Same thing with Russia and Eastern Europe. It isn't about Eastern Europe or, or Ukraine specifically or Poland. It's about what Russia wants to do in order to threaten us more directly right. and to undermine the world system our forefathers, our grandfathers, in some cases great-grandfathers, helped to build in 1945. How did blood was built? to build. And we said never again. It wasn't just about genocide. It was about never again allowing for the conditions in the world that allowed for the rise of Hitler and all the other totalitarians of the 20th century. We said never again. And unfortunately, it seems like we're letting it happen all over again. My uh, my producer gets Bill, you know, Bill, he gets a little yeah. tired of, of a phrase I say often, which is never again was the greatest lie of the 20th century. We've watched it happen Absolutely. again and again, and we're watching it happen again with China right now, anyway. In the Uyghur, in the uh, Xinjiang province, I mean, China, Russia, Iran, yeah. they're all doing it again. Yeah, yeah exactly right. You this know, other, this other delicate go part. Go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, Iran is like Mussolini's Italy. Russia's like, you know, Hitler's Germany, or or you could even say Japan if you really want to. And China's a lot like either Japan or Nazi Germany. Yeah. You pick. Yeah. You know, that's what we're dealing with right now is another access. That's exactly right. That is your that is your access powers. That, that's it. China, Iran, and Russia. Uh, yep. And we're doing everything we can, by the way, to unwelcome them. You started off this yep. conversation talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. It's going yep. to turn over all of, all, of, all of energy production, if they have their way, the Democrats. It's going to turn it over to China and Russia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're going to let it. And then remember, the administration still wants to work Iran into the world system. So you'll have Iranian power, uh, you know, energy uh, uh, supporting the new world order as led by the Eurasian autocrats in China and Russia. Yeah, it's that I want want to spend a minute with you on Iran in a few moments because, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it in a second on the headline that says we're inching closer to a deal. Oh my gosh. Okay, um a lot to do, but let me let me let me put this on the table with you. Slightly delicate or uncomfortable for our movement, but there are sectors in our movement who yes. are opposed to what we're doing in defending and trying to help defend Ukraine, which I think is a legitimate argument to have. What I think yes. is illegitimate is when they start wading into this area that where they feel they have to praise Putin and Russia exactly. to do so. And it's you don't have to, Brandon. You don't. That's right. That's right. There is a large and growing number of people on our side, again, I specifically mean our Trump yeah. side of yeah. things, that that seem to think that because Iraq 2003 was such a disaster and Afghanistan wasn't any better, that we have to divorce ourselves from an entire uh, foreign policy of, uh, you know, of, of being involved in world affairs, because otherwise it might you know, skirt into that mistake again. We don't want to repeat it. But the problem is Ukraine and uh, Taiwan, these are not the same things as, as, as Iraq. And uh, you, uh, the issue with Ukraine is, yes, it was a, it's a problematic government in terms of its corruption, although they are addressing it. And yes, that it, you know, I don't believe we should be sending U.S. GIs to go fight and die, again, you know, in Ukraine against Russia. But... There is a third way, which is we can arm the Ukrainians who very much want to fight for their freedom. 
So there's nothing wrong with us being the arsenal of democracy. It's what we've done for 80 years. Same thing with China, with Taiwan. We have in Taiwan a group of people who want to protect themselves. They just need the tools to do it. So we should give them the tools because it ultimately redounds to our benefit. Yep. But we, we are now in a position where a, a large and growing section of intellectuals on the Trump right, our side, seem to think that, well, because Iraq happened was and it was a mistake and we probably relied into it, and therefore we can't ever have any kind of foreign engagement, and therefore we, we can't ever say Ukraine is, is a place we should be standing uh, to stop Russia because not only do we not want to replicate Iraq, but, oh, by the way, Putin supposedly is a great Orthodox Christian, and we should, we should seek to use him as an ally in our culture war. That is a bunch of garbage. And, by the way, there are even some who are making that argument about Putin are turning around and now saying they hate fellow Americans on the left more than they hate the Chinese communists or the Russian imperialists. Right. And this is really cattywampus thinking. Yep. I mean, this is insane. Yep. But this is where we are. And if we're not careful, these voices are going to have great amounts of influence in the next Republican administration. It's not going to benefit the country. It's a nightmare waiting to happen. It's a little bit redolent of a hist piece of history repeating itself in an odd way. There was an America First Committee in 1940. You know all about this. And it was formed to keep us out of World War II. Right. And there were, again, legitimate arguments about getting involved or not. But, you know, when some of those people, like I'm thinking of Charles Lindbergh and Joseph Kennedy, they, 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 they were leaders of this movement. They could have made that point and left it there, but instead they kind of cozied up to Adolf Hitler, ruining right. their reputation of the America and, First and Committee also, then. We're kind of seeing that yep. America First problem here now. And those organizations were deeply penetrated by German yeah. agents of influence. Right. And the same thing we risked happen, having happen here, yeah. wherein the, 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 I'm not saying these groups are you know Russian or Chinese you know agents, but they risk. Because they're so they risk ruining the credibility the same way, though, yeah. as, as the original America First Committee, don't they? Yes, and our enemies understand yep. that these groups have influence, and they want to manipulate them uh, into to taking up the line of either Moscow and or Beijing. And if they're not careful, those groups will do that on winning ones. Yep, that's exactly right, Brandon. All right, well, let, let us do talk a little bit more about Iran and uh, what's been transpiring over Israel the past uh, three or four days as well. Uh, when we come back from break, as we go to break, let me put in a word for our sponsors at Y-Refi. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity, do check out my friends at Y-Refi. They're offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors in a collateralized and secure portfolio. Y-Refi, a due diligence approved firm, is a bunch of investors who do really well by doing good for others, and you can be part of that, too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. The word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. You can visit with them. They won't give you a sales pitch. They're based here locally, and um, they'll just tell you about what it is that they do and let it speak for itself. I'm Seth, and he's Brandon Weikert, and we'll speak for ourselves when we come right back. Back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by our good friends at the Midas Gold Group. As these harmful decisions by the administration are continuing to hurt the economy, ruining your savings, investments, and retirement, 
The answer may very well be to protect your assets with gold. When investments fall, gold traditionally holds its value. That's why I recommend contacting the Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. I own precious metals from them. Thousands of you already do. More of you can. Give them a call and talk to them about their strategies for your future investments and retirement. MidasGoldGroup.com or 480-360-3000. 480-360-3000. Brandon Weikert is our guest. Brandon, there's a breaking story we kind of have to address, though we don't have the full details. And the story is that the FBI is uh, engaging in a raid on Donald Trump's home in Florida at Mar-a-Lago. Um, this is an incredible thing to be taking place right now. You know, I got to tell you, I don't know the full extent of this. I don't know what the warrant is for. But when we're told that people showing up at school board meetings are terrorists, and we get news over the weekend that we're going to have 87,000 new IRS agents (laughs) going through, you know, the middle class of America— and now we see a former president's house being raided, which I think is a first in American history. Yeah. You know, the Democrats aren't doing anything, anything to solve or soothe our concerns about a socialist autocracy taking place here and doing everything they can to substantiate our worst our worst concerns, aren't they? No, this is um, this is very dangerous territory that we're in. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Also, the FBI waited until the former president was not in Mar-a-Lago. He's apparently traveling. Uh, That's very interesting to me, too. According to Trump, um, his public statement was that the FBI even broke into his safe. Right. Um, Which, of course, begs the question, um, he is a former president, and I'm pretty sure, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure he still gets his daily intelligence briefing. I would guess, Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe Biden discontinued that after, I don't, I don't know. But in the event that he still gets his daily intelligence briefing, this is highly, highly, highly unorthodox. Yeah. Furthermore, it's very dangerous. Um, this is the kind of thing that sparks civil wars. Yep. This is the kind of thing that China and Russia are relishing in right now. Right. Because they want the United States at loggerheads with itself, they want us paralyzed with anger and fear and loathing of other Americans, of our own government. They want the appearance of a new Orwellian state rising to power. Uh, you know, they want that because that allows for those regimes in China and Russia and Iran to play off that and say, you can't rely on the Americans, uh, you know, Israel or Japan or or Ukraine, or Poland, or NATO, you can't rely on them because they are collapsing. They are a declining power. This is China's big, big propaganda for years now, is that America is a declining power, Mm -hmm. and you better get on board with the new order, or else you're going to get left behind. And this kind of thing may seem like it's innocuous, but we have never had, not even Nixon had to endure this kind of humiliation. And furthermore... I'm a little confused just what they are raiding him for. Right. I read a couple of days ago that there was the possibility that this D.C. grand jury that had been convened to sort of follow six months behind the January 6th committee, that that was actually beginning the process of criminal indictments directed against Trump. 
I'm very confused, though, what exactly the crimes he personally broke on January 6th or surrounding January 6th were. This is unprecedented, and it is going to do very significant damage to our republic in the context, the wider context, of Biden and all of the things that he's been doing since he became president, um, you know, whether it's the 87,000 new IRS agents, whether it's calling half of America white supremacists because they voted for Donald Trump, whether it's going in like Stalin in the 1930s and purging the highest ranks and the lowest ranks of the military of anybody suspected of being a Republican, calling them a white supremacist, which is being done right now, by the way, as well as our intelligence community community that's going on. Um, this is the kind of thing that is, is really bad. And this is the kind of thing that sparks a civil war. Um, and it's unnecessary. And it's, it's completely illegitimate. And... Um, it's let, not going to end well. No, let me let me pause you there. We'll take the break and check out a little bit more of this story and come back on it. Don't go away. Uh, Brandon and I will have more to say about it in a moment. But we're running out of things to say this is what a banana republic does. And we're running out of ways to accuse Putin of doing the things that he does when we're doing it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. I take it every single day for my health, my immunity, my energy. I can't think of anything better that I have ever taken. I love the product so much. Uh, You get in one daily dose a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables. I really wouldn't know what to do without it these days, having been using it for so many years. I just really rely on it. It's fantastic. And uh, you can access it as well by going to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. Brandon J. Weikert is our guest. He's the author of Winning Space, How America Remains a Superpower, The Shadow War, Ron's Quest for Supremacy, and a book on China coming out next year, Biohack, How America Remains a Superpower, seem not to be acting very much like a superpower. I was just saying quickly before the break, Brandon, with this news of the raid on Mar-a-Lago, you know, it, it, we, we had just before that news broke, we were talking about the authoritarian ethics and ethos of Vladimir Putin. Right. Often we will say this is the work of, this is the look of, of a banana republic. I mean, it is. Right. It, uh, we are undermining our own moral credibility to talk about the dictatorial powers of other countries. Yeah, um, it's 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 a bad look to say the least. To say the um, least. If I mean, yes, uh, the, there's there's a third point. I, I'm sorry, I'll let you speak here a sec. Third no, point. Please, they, no, this notion that well, if they can do this to a billionaire ex-president, I mean, God knows, no one is safe. No one is safe. Um, look at what they've been able to do to Elon Musk's reputation. Right. right. Look at what they've done to anybody who dares to play. Any, I mean, any cele- any Hollywood celebrity who comes out as a conservative That's is right. immediately ostracized, no matter how successful they were or how much money they made their studio. This is nothing new. It's just scaling up every decade to now encompassing billionaires and and presidents, ex presidents, and so. Um, but the problem is, though, um, we are weeding out of leadership, you know, people who are really qualified to lead us, yep. the best qualified, yep. um, because they don't adhere to a radical ideology. 
and it is very radical. And I can tell you that China, communist China, looks at what's going on in the United States, the woke agenda, the woke ideology, and they think, my God, we're going to get out of their way because they're going to destroy themselves before we ever have to engage them in a fight. And so let them have their own cultural revolution, because we in China already went through that under Mao, and 20 million of us are dead because of it. And no matter how bad things get here, and no matter how terrible our government is, the government there is not going to do the Great Leap Forward or the Cultural Revolution again. And that's pretty shocking, that Red China appears to be a little bit less inclined to massacre their own people and deprive their own people of, of you know, rights and calling their political opponents enemies of the state uh, compared to what the United States is. This is a big problem if we really are serious, and we should be for our own safety, if we really are serious about standing up to China and resisting China's growing hegemony, uh, it's a big problem. Uh, you know, and if Donald Trump, by the way, if Donald Trump somehow is unable to run for president, um, the only silver lining here is there is a bench of potential leaders behind Trump who will be able to carry the water. I can't say the same for the Democrats today. This is one of the reasons why I think the Democrats are fighting so hard to basically squelch any chance that Trump has of running uh, for office again. So even if Trump, with this Mar-a-Lago raid, even if Trump is somehow disqualified from running or is indicted or, you know, whatever, well, we have Ron DeSantis in the background, and DeSantis has proven that not only is he Trumpian in terms of his policies, he's a very good manager of the government of Florida, which is one of the largest states in the country, a real cross-section of the United States. But also, he doesn't, there's nothing the FBI or anybody can get on him. Now, right. maybe they'll invent something, but... You know, there's nothing. He's not going to make some of the same mistakes right. that a billionaire from Manhattan real estate mogul who's never worked in government or never had any government role might have made that made him susceptible to this kind of overreach from the FBI. Plus, DeSantis understands personnel. So the, the, the left had better be very careful with what they wish for, because they might be able to get Donald Trump ultimately to not run for president in 24. But that just means there's an even bigger Svengali for the left, and woe beyond to them, because DeSantis, I, I live here in Florida, it's beautiful. He does not take prisoners. It's wonderful to see. It's also true, isn't it, in a way that the left will never be able to understand, and it's a way, in a way for art for us to communicate. But I think it is also true that the harder the left plays these authoritarian games with us, the harder we do tend to push back. People talk about Clarence Thomas getting his revenge, right? right? Or Brett right. Kavanaugh, uh, Ron DeSantis, certainly. He, you know, the left gives these people a lesson in left in leftism. It's a right. lesson they're never going to forget, and they never want it to afflict another American. That's right. And I think, you know, it's very interesting that, um, the politics of revenge is such a key, you know, one of the reasons why the Republican Party in the 90s pushed so hard against Clinton with the impeachment wasn't necessarily because they thought, well, you know, he was out there, you know, having this affair and whatever. It was really primarily for a lot of them revenge for Watergate, revenge against the Democrats. Why, you know, one, so the politics of revenge is a very powerful motivator 
And the Democrats should learn that because they are often on the offensive, this is the revolutionary nature of the Democratic Party, they're usually the ones always pushing forward with whatever crazy agenda they have. Inevitably, whether it's immediate or usually a, a longer time to get there, there is a reaction of opposite and equal value yep. on the right. Yep. And, you know, it may not necessarily be the best thing for the country that we have these two extremes fighting. But ultimately, if I was sitting in the Democratic Party, I would be saying, yeah, I might be able to get Trump out. But you know what? That doesn't mean the, the quote, threat of the right goes away to me. It just means that maybe a more disciplined, younger, uh, more talented a governor or a person with governing administrative capabilities suddenly rises to the top. So maybe it would behoove the Democrats to let Trump run on his own merits, but they never will. And I think this sends a signal to many Americans that no matter who it is, if you are not part of that elite club, that left-wing elite club, the system will be used and abused to stop you and destroy your loved ones and your community, as we're seeing right now with these 87,000 IRS agents who will all be used to go after us in the middle class because we dared to support Trump overwhelmingly. And so this is an idea, I think, that the Democrats need to internalize, which is be careful what you wish for, buddy, because it's not just Trump anymore. There's an awakening on the right, and Trump started it, and, and it's a beautiful thing to see. And the right is not going to go into that good night quietly. We are not the party of Mitt Romney and George W. Bush anymore. We are in a war footing. Oh, and, yeah. you know. Be careful what you wish for. Absolutely. Well said. Let me take a quick commercial break, yeah. and uh, you and I will come back on this. I'll uh, go to break with this thought from Ariel Davidson. Clinton campaign spied on Trump campaign and manufactured a fake dossier that it then foisted on the FBI. Hillary's home isn't getting searched. Yeah. Yeah. Two systems of justice. We are the Untermenschen. We are not a legitimate political party in the eyes of the Democrats. They want to do everything they can to marginalize us and remove us from the scene. It's a tough thing to try and do, but they're trying. They're tough. I'd like to think we're tougher. We'll be right back. Portions of the show brought to you by Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing, the only company I use, my friends use. They love them as much as I do. It is great at Cool Touch. Wonderful people, wonderful customer service. They do what they say. They say what they'll do. They're available to you seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Great craftsmanship, great people. I know Chris Funk and his whole team. They're just wonderful. CoolTouch.us, CoolTouch.us, or you can give them a call at 623 623- Seven four eight four nine four two. That's six two three seven four eight four nine four two. Brandon J. Weikert has been our guest this hour, and we kind of got off. Uh, we kind of got off uh, on the Mar-a-Lago raid. I think it is the story of the day, Brandon. It might be the story of the year. There the have been century. so many stories no, of I think the it's year. The story of the century. It so might it's, be it's, the story it's, of the century. Final thoughts on it before we go to our top of the hour, Brandon. Seth, Seth, I am. I. I can't believe that I'm surprised, but I am surprised that the FBI went ahead with this. Yeah. You know, let's just say worst case scenario, everything the DOJ is saying is true, and that Trump committed all these crimes, and he's guilty as sin, and blah, 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 blah. Even if that were true, which of course it's not, but even if it were true, not that I support different forms of justice for people who have power, 
But the fact is, when you're dealing with political figures, especially very popular political figures with very strong following, you have to go about handling situations like this with kids' gloves just for the appearance's sake. And the fact is, the FBI is purposely behaving the way they are, ham-fistedly. Biden is directing them to do this because they want to send a message. And the message is, if you dare to oppose Biden and the Democratic Party, you are not just somebody who disagrees politically. Oh, no. You are now an enemy of the state. Mm -hmm. And that is going to carry real consequences from here on out. It is a disaster what they are doing. And we will, all of us, our republic, will live to regret it. Because it's going to set a chain reaction of events. The Republican Party is going to have to reciprocate when they get in power. More craziness is going to unfold. It's going to be nonstop partisan warfare at the domestic home front. Nothing will get done. We will continue to tear ourselves apart. And in the meanwhile, China and Russia rise and take over. It is a disaster that they are doing it, that they are doing it this way, but certainly that they are doing it at all. But even the way they are doing it is so freaking gross. It really is. And it is going to damage us forever. Gross is the right word. Gross is actually a, a, a good word for it. And, and you know, you're going to have calls to dismantle the FBI. They're going to be hard to respond to, quite frankly. And as you say, the cycle will continue. I mean, this is the political equivalent of a pickaxe to your enemy like Trotsky. It cannot stand. This aggression cannot stand. I'm Seth Liebson. Brandon Weikert, thank you for spending your hour with us. God bless you, sir. We'll be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 